Hi, I'm Jonathan Mann. And I'm one of the many Matts. And this is Digitally Rare, a show about digitally owned things now and in the future where everyone's famous. Maddie Moe here is the most famous artist, um, or goes by said handle. Um, and they've done a lot of really cool things, uh, the, some of which you've heard of and some of which you should have heard of. Um, looking forward to learning a lot more about their background and, and what kind of stuff uh, you like to work on. Um, but we ran into each other in New York during NFT NYC, and uh, I traded you an NFT for my hand in exchange for a signed artwork uh, I think ripped out of a notepad. Um, it's it's still in my possession somewhere. Uh, I've pinned it in between a notebook so it doesn't get crumpled. Um, but yeah, it was uh, exciting to chat, and I'm glad to have you on the on the pod. Yeah, um, I think it was. It's an off-chain NFT, if you will, a piece That's of right. art. There you go. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Provably scarce. Um, okay. Well, anyway, oh, go ahead, Matt. You you start. I was just gonna cue in from the last thing we chatted about, which was like. Who are you and why are you here? <laughs> sure. Um, well, I'm Matty Moe. Um, had, I guess, I guess three phases of my career. I started out in advertising tech right when the Web 2.0 thing happened out of Stanford. Um, about seven, eight years into that, I switched over to becoming an artist um, and used my SEO knowledge and understanding of growth hacking and selling products to people online to become the most famous artist. And more recently, I've gone all in on Web3. Um, I was there to watch the excitement of Web2, but also kind of am um, not blind to some of the, the faults of Web2 and its centralization. And I'm super excited about Web3, both as a tech entrepreneur builder type person, but also as an artist and what's done for me and my art career and also the many artists uh, I support through this community that I'm creating called The Most Famous Artist. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure. Is it, it's, it's your, you are the most famous artist, but it is also a collective. Yeah. So, uh, I, the short story is Googled <laughs> how to become an artist, how to become a famous artist, how to become the most famous artist, realized no one had claimed that title. So I gave it to myself. Um, looking up to guys like Banksy and other, and Mr. Brainwash and those other artists would build good brands for themselves. Um, and over time realized that the only way I'd be able to accomplish things at scale was to kind of, uh, open source or creative commons, the most famous artists and turn it into a community. And so through mm -hmm. the process of creating projects, uh, ideally around generating headlines, which then solidified the title the most famous artists and SEO results, um, I, I, I kind of said, okay, well, shit, this isn't just me. It's much bigger than me. And then fast forward to the pandemic, uh, after we had done a number of like headline worthy projects, I got really lonely and wanted to start building online community. Um, and that happened to be a nice foundation for what is now our token based, uh, web three community that is starting to look more and more like a DAO every day. That's really neat. I guess I, I knew in, in, in the back of my head about the collective angle, but that makes a lot of sense, especially if your goal is to dominate SEO headlines and just like literally become the most famous artist. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. And the most famous artist now stands for the most famous artists and the right, collective's right. goal is to help 10,000 kind of underrepresented, underrepresented underrepresented, sorry, that's a hard word for me today, uh, or independent artists succeed without having to go the route of working with a gallery, going to a fancy art school, going to Sotheby's. Um, the stated mission of the Most Famous Artists Collective is to help 10,000 artists make $100,000 a year because for me, that was a moment nice. in my career where I was able to actually like focus on creating and call myself a full-time artist, pay my bills, invest in materials, and actually advance my career. And so that is a goal, which is accelerating the careers of 10,000 artists means that we'll have a billion dollar impact on cultural production, independent of institutional gatekeepers. And it's a, a cool goal to orient around. And the way that's happening is through making artists believe in this concept of a non-zero sum game or a positive sum game where mm -hmm. we can all win. 
And just because I got a gallery show doesn't mean you don't get a gallery show. And that's largely uh, supported by the democratic effects of software because you, it used to be such that there are only so many galleries that would show artists' work. Nowadays, everyone can have a gallery on their own website and everyone can distribute that work to anyone they want on the internet. And so mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is educate people on how to like do the things that are necessary for your career to be successful, both on and offline, inventory management, um, customer relationship development, building an email list, cro cross promotion, uh, education on different art techniques, all the things that you might learn in art school or be uh, kind of uh, given by a gallerist if you're working with them and just mm -hmm. open source it to everyone. And so what I did is I started the community by just open sourcing everything I had done from how I built my organization, how I was marketing myself, how I was interacting with customers. And what happened was I started to learn from a whole bunch of other artists in the community things that they were doing that I, that I wouldn't have thought of that were brilliant that upskilled my career um and so it's like this collective force that's allowing us all to be more successful and we're seeing that a lot in the nft space like the whole nft community is really supportive of each other and it's like if you're a successful nft artist you sell some work the first thing you do is turn around and buy someone who hasn't mm -hmm. sold a lot of work and mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. that's like the more transactional approach to supporting each other but there's all these other ways that artists are supporting each other especially through this tmfa community thing yeah i love that and if uh, you have an artist go through the mfa of the most famous artists you could call it the mfa mfa totally it, i mean there's <laughs> there's so many I mean, too many effing a holes. There's so many different. Uh, there's so many different ways the acronym could go. Um, <laughs> that's really good. I hadn't I hadn't heard that one before, but that's that's a good one. Yeah, like there was a concept. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. There was a concept to do like a 10k uh, text-based project, which was like all the different uses of the TMFA acronym, <laughs> and, and and owning one of those text-based iterations of TMFA would get you access to special Discord channels and and put you in. The that's out. really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, open source the playbook um, and see if you can make that collective. Um, like you, you don't need the gallery to provide the support for this thing or that thing because the collective can sustain itself. That's really cool. When did that transition happen? You said during um, quarantine? Yeah, it, it actually happened like right as the pandemic was rolling out. Like I had a I had an art practice where I was selling art direct to collectors and I had a mural services business and an experiential design business where we're doing these experiences and murals for big brands. And all of that turned off in March of 2020. And right, totally. I had to completely reinvent my business model and really just, I guess out of like desperation, but also out of like a need to connect to people. I just started hosting workshops zoom based workshops everyone was doing it these cohort based workshops right, and what right, it led right. to was this common thread which is people had the same questions about how to be a more successful artist and so mm. what i tried to do was operationalize and productize those uh, that faq uh the frequently asked questions and then realized other people had knowledge to contribute as well. And we started out using circle.so. Um, we eventually transitioned over to Discord. We eventually spun up a social token through rally.io, which is a, a creator coin uh, economy that's a mm -hmm. side chain that's actually like really easy to onboard non-crypto native folks into the Web3 world. Um, and then started launching as a group these NFT drops. And some of these NFT drops that we did were quite successful, one in particular did about 480 uh, ETH in volume. It was called Beeple All Hail the King, where we got 50 artists in our community to remix this portrait of Beeple. That oh, I saw that one. Yeah, that happened I to coincide one, yeah. with. It happened to coincide with Beeple's like uh, Christie's auction or Sotheby's right. auction, the one, the really big one. Um, and we timed that on purpose, and we, like that was kind of like the first NFT success we had had, and there were a lot of missteps and a lot of unknowns, and we didn't know how to write smart contracts that automatically distributed royalties to all these artists' wallets. So there was there was a lot of stuff that we had to figure out through the hard, uh, just like figure out the hard way. Um, but what ended up happening was we were able to onboard hundreds of artists into Web three. Through social tokens, cool. through access to Discord, through figuring out how to upload their own assets to OpenSea. Um, and so these artists are now using this as an additional uh, 
let's call it revenue line to the rest of their their practice which is you know selling prints selling originals selling sculptures painting murals all that stuff that's really interesting have you um what are some experiences you you've seen your uh, collaborators have as, they, as they've dived into the web3 side um especially if they're coming from a more traditional art background i think not like, that they're different in any fundamental way but um yeah interested in any like takeaways yeah i mean they're security like some of our artists have been hacked like they had their metamask compromised via that open support channel vulnerability yeah and lost significant eth like that was educating people on that um then there's like the 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 disappointment of like launching to crickets especially when you're mm-hmm. watching all these people around you make all this money and then the question mm-hmm. of like why am i not succeeding i my art is probably better i'm more committed to my practice like why for example is this person crushing it by publishing you know clippings of their toenails drawn and <laughs> procreate <laughs> not a real project but uh <laughs> could be and very well could be you don't know it yeah could i took be. that yeah. at face value i'm like yeah, oh, i absolutely. didn't see that one but okay yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's like this, this, like this reliance on each other, you know, when you have a question about, you know, how MetaMask works or how to upload uh, multiple versions of a particular item to OpenSea. The cool thing is we have this community of people who aren't going to judge you for not being tech savvy enough or not being like the best digital artist in the world. We're just all kind of like exploring this space together. I, I so I'm just so curious, and I want to give context to the sounds that we hear behind you. Um, um, uh, w- what is happening? Where are you? And what is happening? What are you? What exactly are you building uh, oh, right now? Shit. So I thought that I was gonna. I was trying to make it so you couldn't hear those sounds, but I'm having. No, no. You know, sounds sounds are fine as long as we <laughs> let's address them. Let's, let's <laughs> because also I think it's I, it's it sounds like it's a very interesting project. I'm dying to hear sure. more about it. So are you familiar with um, Balaji's concept of like network states? And, no. and building okay so he is matt matt is the other matt in the room is the a, other matt is aware one of the many yeah uh, <laughs> i'm one of the other many um yeah. it's this idea that like in the future there's going to be these communities that come together online first uh align around a particular set of values uh build an internal economy a la a dao or something like that um mm-hmm. and then have the leverage to actually go take over physical space Mm-hmm, and build mm-hmm. towns um and that's like the utopian view of of like where this thing could go it's like the authoritarian you know government versus the network state which is people across borders across religions aligning around a particular set of values as a result of being able to connect on the internet in a trustless way because of smart contracts so um i in 2019 i drove through a place called marfa texas have you, either of you guys been there yeah, yeah, recently actually for the uh, art blocks event. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah, that that looks like interesting a, town. A very good time. So, Marfa is what you'd call an art town. Like it's uh, it used this old infrastructure uh, of like a military base. Donald Judd took it over many many moons ago. Um, built out museum infrastructure, built out studio space, and kind of took over the town. And now it's thriving, even though it's really inconvenient to get to unless you fly in on a private jet. Um, And it's because of, I think it's because of social media. People want to travel to places to take pictures to show they were there. It's the same as like putting a stamp in your passport or a sticker on your briefcase. People want to go to these places of cultural significance. So... In interacting with a whole bunch of artists, we've come to this, like, I wouldn't call it a realization, but like kind of a a shared value that we want time and space to just like work. And right now it's really difficult to find time or space when you're in a big city that is requiring a ton of your time and resources just to survive. And space is finite, especially in New York and Los Angeles. So... I moved out to New Mexico, eastern New Mexico to be specific, um, to a town called Tucumcari, which sits along Route 66. And I have ambitions of building like the Web3 version of Marfa. Mm. Um, So it starts with building this community of artists who are all capable. It then, um, and then get involved with the community of people that already exist here. There's around 4,000 residents. 
Um, the reason I chose this particular place on Route 66, so lots of through traffic, uh, cannabis becomes legal in the beginning of 2022, so there's going to be a lot of Texans driving through and providing income. There's an art school here that has tremendous facilities, but it's kind of like underserved in terms of like its ability to access uh, great students and, 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 and talent for um, the educational staff. Um, there's a genuine like de de desire for change here. And so I'm rolling out some like lightweight Web3 NFT based projects here. I'm building a ranch that I've turned into a residency where artists can come and stay and use facilities that I'm creating using some of the NFT money I made this year. Um, I'm selling NFTs to allow collectors to come visit this ranch and get this experience. Um, I'm trying to finance uh, ongoing public artworks through what I'm calling the mural DAO, which is this idea that we can take a building that's abandoned, paint a mural on it, photograph it in a hundred different ways, sell each of those photographs as a one-of-one one NFT, bring in money to a treasury, and then provide funding for subsequent murals. Because the biggest challenge with public art is you've got to have a wall or space, you've got to have the resources, and you've got to have the artists. So we're trying to like bring together that marketplace through what we're calling the mural DAO. And then finally, I don't know, I'm not a lawyer or, a, or an accountant, but like this, this other cool thing is Tucum Carry is an opportunity zone. And what that means is that investors can roll capital gains into real estate assets uh, and not pay, uh, cap not pay those capital gains taxes if they hold on to the asset for a particular period of time. Yeah. I think it's around 10 years. So it occurred to me, okay, so I've got a lot of crypto rich friends. They're probably looking to roll money into an opportunity zone. I know I can create spectacle-based art that drives eyeballs a la the Hollyweed sign, all of the pink houses, the cash brick, the monoliths, the private jet experience, any number of projects that you can find at themostfamousartist.com slash headlines. <laughs> so what if I picked a spot that's cheap to live? It's literally like $100 a square foot to buy a place here, sometimes less if you're looking at like old resident, old, uh, old, um, industrial properties um and what if what if like and this is hypothetically speaking what if we create an opportunity zone real estate investment trust and then we tokenized it uh so all the assets become collateralized and then perhaps there's this way to give ubi or universal basic income to all the residents that exist here based on how long they've existed here hmm. And that way they get to participate in the upside, assuming we're able to bring an artification uh, type multiplier effect to the real estate value here. Um, and onboard every one of our citizens into the cryptoverse or the meta into the into the world of crypto by having them set up a wallet and providing a true incentive for them to set up a wallet. And then all of a sudden you've got this like cloud concept turned into tangible crypto city. And I know it sounds like totally harebrained right now, but like that's the kind of direction I'm walking um, and trying to string sounds, together all those pieces. So it sounds perfectly reasonable to us, of course. Um, it's funny because, uh, you know, uh, the, the thing I'm hearing in my head is like, is the, you know, and I, I've been a little bit feisty lately with, uh, with people on Twitter and I could just imagine the 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 sort of like anti nft anti web3 people uh um how do you do or how have you dealt with um that sentiment ha has that has that sentiment washed over you at all and if so because this is the kind of thing this is the kind of thing man that that really gets their goat right is a is is a kind of uh uh, and I, I think it's very thoughtful and interesting. I, mean, I hadn't heard of this idea of like you're coming in, you are very cognizant that uh, if you were to succeed, you know, home prices will rise. The entire neighborhood's going to change. Everything's going to change. M maybe there's a way to bring everyone along to bring all the 4,000 residents who are already there along on the journey. Uh, but what, <laughs> What do you what do you say and what have you said to the um, the skeptics the the uh, the haters the haters? Well, there's a, there's a number of different types of haters. There's like the yeah. don't gentrify town, generally speaking, haters, and yeah, it's like right. okay, well, I mean, I'm an artist and I can't afford to live in LA. Where am where am I supposed to go? Um, <laughs> like. Mm -hmm. 
like, I'm sorry, but I've got to live somewhere. And if you don't like the fact that I need to live, you can go pound sand. Um, there are the folks in town who don't want things to change. And we're hoping mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. this, like, UBI token distribution schema, if possible, I don't even know if, the, if it's legally possible, would lift everybody up together. Um, I'm also communicating this is like a 10-year plan or a five-year yeah. plan. This is not going right. to happen overnight. All we're doing in the short term, like I'm going to city council meetings. I'm getting to know my, my count, the council people. I'm getting to know the city manager. I'm helping out with the development of various uh, art projects here and bankrolling them myself. So we've done two murals so far in town, mm-hmm. and we're working on a project where we've partnered with a motel to actually renovate an adjacent property and turn it into artist housing. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've helped facilitate uh, 15 art scholarships to the, the community college here so that artists that come to town can actually use the facilities and, and benefit from the woodworking shop and the machine shop and the iron pour and the ceramic studio. Um, and, I'm, I, and I'm just saying like this is going to happen uh, or not. I'm, I'm here and I'm going to do everything I can to hear everyone's opinions and, and be as, as democratic about this process as possible. And if not here, and if not me, I, you know, the reason I'm sharing this anecdote is because I want it to, I want to see it happen. There's a whole bunch of people on the internet who are independent artists who can bring a lot of value to undervalued cities, um, breathe life back into them. And if this can be a failed experiment that leads to the next great art city, that would be fantastic. I think this is extremely cool. Um, and I'm already planning on when I'm going to come come visit and maybe stay. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the spring, I mean, the, the springtime is going to be the first mural festival. So we're trying to put together like a handful what? of buildings, have a mural festival, have an art fair, have music festival, bring in chefs, all that stuff. Um, and so the so Jonathan, sorry to get back to the point is I'm literally renovating gut renovating a ranch by myself uh-huh. in this town because <laughs> yeah. there are not any vendors I can hire to do it. So I went to YouTube University and learned how to do plumbing and electrical and flooring wow. and yeah. drywall and all these things. And um, one thing I couldn't do was replace the HVAC and the hot water heater. So I've been taking cold showers and living uh, it, it <laughs> living <laughs> in, in sweatpants all day, every day uh, for the last, let's call it a couple months. Um, and they finally brought the H back. So Woo-hoo! that's what's happening in that's the background. That's what we're hearing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So this wow. is celebratory, celebratory sounds. Like These are yeah. almost like angels uh, singing <laughs> in the background. It just sounds like drills. Um, right, right, right. And I've got knocking going on behind me, which oh, is not nearly as cool. I don't know what they're doing. But, <laughs> but this is fascinating. I'm looking at the population. So that's like of Tucumcari. That is like – that's a very small town. Um, of of like four yeah. 4, 000, Can you compare 5, to like Marfa? People. What's the population of Marfa minus any like art events that bring everybody in? Let's see what Marfa is. I grew up the town I grew up in is two thousand people, Westford, Vermont. So I wow. that's like my my um my barometer, you know, for yeah. like yeah, my anchor for size, and that's that's like you know that's that's freaking rural, man. You know, like that's right. some uh um. D- have they have they ever had anything like this? I mean, I'm imagining this festival that you're going to be doing in the spring. Um, um, How do you do infrastructure? That's going to freak like some that. people out. That's going to freak some people out. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the general idea is like I'm. I'm trying to show up to city council meetings. I'm trying yeah. to go to community gatherings. I'm trying to support local businesses. I'm trying to do this the right way, and I'm sure I'll, I'll stumble along the way. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a, a grand experiment, and we're hoping that it yeah. works. Um, I mean, and it, as much yeah. as anyone would like to say change is good or bad, I can't think of a better uh, person to tackle this than you. Thank you. 
I, I mean, and for context, Marfa is eighteen hundred people. So Tucum yeah, Carry is twice the size. Yeah. However, Tucum Carry used to be like twelve to fourteen thousand people back when automobile traffic was right. its primary source of income and, Route and 66, tourism. Route sixty six, the famous, the famous oh. Route sixty six. Yeah. So there's all these oh, cool man, gas stations that are abandoned, and there's tons of cool wow. neon, and there's something like there's more than a thousand motel rooms uh, in town. And there's just like a tremendous amount of opportunity here, and it would be it would be a shame to have this place just disappear. And if, yeah. if and sure. so you know that's the that's the flip side is like you can you can either let a town be what it is, let it die, or you can accelerate it into the future. And I'm I'm hoping that the acceleration of the future is well received. Yeah, yeah. I was this is this is sort of an, a left uh, left shoulder. What's that called? Left wing. Doesn't matter, not left wing. That's a the poli- we were just talking to the blockchain socialist. Um, left field. It's called left field. Left field. Field. Um, I it's watched a baseball uh, metaphor, Matt. It's a yes. baseball metaphor. Yeah. I've disconnected from the baseball thing. Um, I, I watched a movie yeah. called Embrace the Serpent, which is about um, uh, white researchers uh, in the Amazon and interacting with local uh, tribes. And one scene that stood out to me very clearly was. Um, the researcher had a compass and showed it to uh, the tribe leader and they wanted to keep it. And um, he's the researcher's traveling with a local and so they have this discussion the researcher says, I can't leave them the compass. The, their way of life is based on the stars, the wind, the sun, the moon, and if I give them a compass, that will be lost. They will lose that knowledge over time. Um, and the local replies, you know, knowledge is for all people. Like it is not your right to remove or give this knowledge. Um, And that stuck with me because it's a true dilemma. Um, And it feels relevant here as like one of the points that people would bring up is, you know, who are you to do this there? But like, who is anyone to do anything anywhere? I don't know. I just wanted to like throw that out there. It was in my head. That's like a nuance in, in gentrification talk that I always miss um and it's so fraught and we're three white guys who are, are the least qualified to talk about the subject in the world but you know the thing i was thinking about was like places change constantly right i mean that's the only right. thing that's constant change in this is world, the only constant is that like everything is changing all the time um yeah so and this like natural um tendency to like value judgment on change itself is illogical, but I also understand why that happens because I too fear change. Um, but anyway, to wrap back to like the good vibes, I think that this is really sick. Um, yeah, super I, exciting. I really, really like, um, this idea of co-creating time, time and space. Um, especially in a world where, you know, I, I found a tribe, but they are not all in the same spot. And it's like, there are places I'd like to be, but none of my people are there. And so it's like, you know, obviously I'm a traveler. I can go a place and make friends, but it's not the same as something like this where I'm like, why don't we all just go to this spot and do what we want to do? I make mean, this ceramics. is, and this is your dream. One of the many maths uh, yeah. is, is, I mean, you've talked about this and I, I can yeah. remember even talking about this, like, you know, back in college with friends of like, man, wouldn't it be great if like after college we could buy so right, you exactly. Know, you build a bunch and of fucking barns millenn- in the middle of nowhere and like live together. Yeah. Across the board, millennials are dreaming about this, but so yes. few turn into reality. Yeah. That's what's cool about what you're doing, Maddie, is like I'm like, yeah, this is this is what I want, and you're doing it better than I ever could. Let me go be a participant and uh right. hop on hop on board, be along for the ride. because um, you've clearly thought about this um very holistically. And to be clear, the only reason that this is feasible is because of Web3 and NFTs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had, I, had yeah. I not had like my art career was fine, like I was making a living, but I wasn't making serious money until Change. the NFT yeah. world came along, and I was able to divest some of my ETH. I know that that might be come across as like a satanic. Not, not to us. Not to us. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say when you're saying that is like, you know, because Matt and I both got into this world in 2017, so we lived through the 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 winter as they say the you know and so yeah. we're we're constantly at least i am i know matt probably is too like constantly just waiting you know like waiting for that moment when when it's gonna go 
I mean, really, you know, like the price of ETH back then went from like 1700 at its high to like $60, you know? And it's like everybody wow. just got wiped out. Um, it was you know, nuts. anyway, why, why, all I have to I was, say. why I was reluctant to get into NFTs yeah. in the beginning was I also lived through the 2017 ICO phase. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. And I was there. Like I, I had this concept of a DAO in my head, but I couldn't, uh-huh. I couldn't put it to words. Uh-huh. Um, and ICO felt too slimy. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and, and I was like a, extremely turned off by like the scamminess of what appeared to be the Ethereum blockchain. Totally. As a result of ICOs, and I, you know, I'm, I'm like paying attention to this stuff. And throughout mm-hmm. all of 2020, I was watching NFTs, and it wasn't until Clubhouse happened. And people spent mm. most of their winter on Clubhouse talking about mm-hmm. NFTs and sharing knowledge <laughs> that I finally wrapped my head around the value mm. proposition, how mm. to use the technology, who the key players were, how to identify the traits and features of a successful drop, and then enter the space. And then in, That's in, so be- interesting, yeah. And because of that like mind-melding that happened on Clubhouse, I think a lot more people were able to be able to be onboarded and I think a lot of like the bullshit scamminess was like weeded out because you were able to call bullshit on the people building scammy projects. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I th- it was this like perfect timing thing um, because when like you know when Nifty Gateway launched. I, by the way, I hate Nifty Gateway. That's a whole different story. That's okay. We're, we're here. Preach. <laughs> um, this is a safe it, space, and we yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so some some anecdotes. Let's just go. Let's go full left field. Okay. I launched a bunch of collections <laughs> called uh, not artist name, like not Hearst, not Albers, not Coons, uh-huh. not Rothko, um, and squatted on their names early because I was just on OpenSea before them. And then I had digital recreations of their works made that were mm-hmm. new, but they looked and felt like a Hearst or looked mm-hmm. and felt like an Albers. And I uploaded them to OpenSea thinking the blockchain is immutable and I'm going to be able to have these like awesome <laughs> pieces of work <laughs> and yeah. I got DMCA'd by both the Albers Foundation and Damien Hurst Studio and now all that exists are these like tokens without an image because OpenSea took the image off their servers mm-hmm. yeah and I'm like I'm thinking to myself holy shit like all these bored apes are yeah. are kind of not real <laughs> wait, 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 hang wait, on wait. a minute wait a minute <laughs> where are you going with this <laughs> we should know like no this, but 100 percent. the, the, the very second episode of our podcast is called the space between the token and the art that's mm, 2018 mm-hmm. joe looney on this podcast that's that was the entire podcast was yeah here's the token here's the art what's what's all the space in between there and what are you owning what is the thing what's the what's important you know, Joe Looney, he of uh, rare Pepe wallet fame, his whole thing is the token is the art. Like the token is the thing that is important. That's 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 his that's his view. Yeah, yeah. Which tell I can, which I, which I tell can that to my collectors who can't see their tokens in their wallets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. 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 No, it's sure. a, it's a philosophical take, but it doesn't necessarily hold up to the realism of I want tangible thing in my palm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, that's a real thing. The the links between the infrastructure and the tooling and the the technical stack, and this has been well discussed, um, both by NFT people and skeptics, is like there are gaps between the token and the image. There is a gap between the metadata and the image, and all of the different ways of sending data to someone else across the internet or persist, pers- persisting it over time, like blah 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 blah. And yeah, that's a real thing. Can we, can we go further left field? Yeah, go for yeah. it. Okay, so I've seen a lot of brands. In t- so I, I started out as a brand Budweiser marketer. today. I, Budweiser. Yeah, and flop. What did Budweiser do today? They they released a, <laughs> a, a... I think it was a PFP project. I think I didn't look at it closely. It looked like a 10,000 generated Budweiser can. can. Cans what with okay, cool. uh, cans on Coinbase. Cans on Coinbase, we'll call it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, sure. but but you but but you started out with brands, so this is like you you know that world very well. Yeah, and the I guess like the promise that I was selling in the Web two era was you build a fan page or you build a Twitter following so that you can own your audience. Right. 
and so, you get to communicate I, to your audience. But the only way to right. do that is by hiring people to make content and pay for ads to build your following and all that stuff. And that promise turned out to not be true. Oh yeah. Like you don't actually own your audience. Facebook flips a switch. The algorithm not even changes. A bit. Yeah. You reach none of your owned audience, not even a little bit. Um, so I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to like figure out is like when are brands going to enter this space in an intelligent way and take like a 36 month approach rather than a pan flash in the pan, like did an NFT, got the headline in ad week and we can check that off our list. Like when are brands going to realize that between NFTs, social tokens and DAOs, they can actually build an owned audience, a loyalty system, redistribute their marketing dollars to their core customers completely change the economic incentives of their customers and make capitalism slightly more equitable. I'm wondering if you guys have had yeah. conversations with anyone about that and like where, where and if you see that as a possibility. We haven't had any conversations with someone um, about that on the pod, but you know, it's been discussed in crypto more generally. Um, I think the most obvious comparison is Bored Apes and Supreme is what people like to compare it to. And while I wouldn't, I think it's apples and oranges. The core thing of what you're talking about there is, is I think valid, which is, you know, you can, you can distribute ownership of the collective vibe, aesthetic entity, what have you, um, to the people who are participating. Um, and I think that's interesting. I don't know that board apes specifically, like any one incantation of this idea is like the Supreme for the next 10 years kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I think that's super valid. I have a hard time imagining brands wanting to do that. Uh, Existing uh, brands, certainly not. Could you imagine giving away control like that? That's Absolutely what I'm not. saying. Yeah, like, well, I mean, the but, opportunity but, but, for all things, right, is the opportunity isn't like Epic getting into NFT gaming. The opportunity is whatever the next Epic is being mm -hmm. NFT native and people own their stuff and code Is that what the you're talking and, about, Maddie, or are you talking about existing brands? Yeah, oh, yeah. well, I'm, I'm wondering if any existing brands can pull it off, but I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. Because like, um, I, I can't imagine them, like, figuring it out. Going that, yeah, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I, so an artist in, in the most famous artist collective or community uh, launched this thing called Mom Air. It's a fake airline. Literally launched <laughs> yeah. a fake airline. Got I a ton that. of press around it. Yeah, it be, yeah. like pe people were reaching out trying to sell him planes because they found <laughs> out he launched this new airline. So, like, imagine a world where, uh, you know, I'm I I fly out of Albuquerque or Amarillo. And if I could put my money where my mouth is and fly on a particular airline, I could start to have voting rights on what legs of flights this airline actually services based on my, my membership points or my miles traveled or whatever it is. Like there's all these applications where you take yeah. a traditional loyalty program and you actually give power to the people. So you're actually servicing your customers better. But... Are, are the big brands really not going to see that and and be able to adopt that? No, I don't think so. I mean that I I I can't imagine uh I can't I think it's more likely that other like Matt was saying I think it's more likely that other brands will pop up. I mean, yeah, you know, classic we, innovator dilemma this type is, stuff. This is maybe this is maybe a a a, a bridge to talking about constitution DAO which I know you want to maybe talk about, but, you know, it's not that hard to imagine a world in which, you know, a distressed asset, you know, brand comes along and people are like, hey, let's buy US Air or whatever. And and everyone's like, okay. And then they all throw in, and then that's how it happens. You know what I mean? Like that's what, that, I think that would happen before. Kind of a before hostile takeover. Yeah. A hostile takeover, a friendly takeover. Rather than the pivot, yeah. Your friendly, uh, your friendly neighborhood, you know, crypto <laughs> degens. Uh, yeah, I can see that <laughs> happening. The, I think that's way more likely than than the brands do it themselves in my, sure. in my mind. That That makes sense to me. There is this world where people can align around a set of values, raise the funds, and take action. And buying distressed assets, I mean, or, you know, we saw this like D to C movement, direct to consumer movement. And there was right. this whole host of venture capital funding direct to consumer brands that were more or less 
being able to offer more competitive pricing because they weren't stuck in retail space. Um, are we going to see a web to cons- or like a, a three to consumer space emerge where like this whole new host of brands crop up that are th- web three native and they're web three mm-hmm. to consumer and they help onboard people into crypto and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like just thinking, I, I tell I, you I like, what, three to C has a ring to it, which three to is C. Three to if, C. if naming is all I've got, that's a pretty good indicator <laughs> that this thing is going to exist. That's really interesting. Okay, so you uh, heard it here. I coined the term three to C. Yeah, to C. recorded. We're going to post it, content hash it on the immutable. internet. Immutable. It's, yeah, it's Time stamp it. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I could see that happening, yeah, where it's like, hey, you could do this through this way or you could do it through this way and you have equity in the thing. Um, I think that's a super valid thing. And I think one of the realizations about DeFi that blew my mind was everyone was asking, like, okay, where does all the yield come from? Um and they're like, oh, they're just making these tokens up. Like, where does this go? And the answer that is very satisfying is it's these companies taking what would have been their marketing budget, what would have been their top of funnel, top of funnel growth budget, and just giving it to people who use the product. Um, and that's really powerful. And you can see that happen not just at the finance layer, but at any sort of any way in which we interact with a product service consumable. Um, I could see, I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Um, what, so it's, it sounded as though you have thoughts on constitution DAO. I'd love to hear what you, before we go into constitution DAO, I wanted to ask, is there like barring full pivot into collectively owned web three, something or other, how do you think larger brands, uh, should be interacting with web three on a 36 month kind of vision timeline? Sure. So I'm actually, uh, building a business to do this. (laughs) So, so I, am, I am um, I am talking my own book here. Um, I think it's as simple as NFTs as membership to loyalty club hosted on Discord, airdrops of tokens for participation, community programming and value ads, uh, both online and offline. I can imagine brands opening up special spaces that you can interact with only if you have the NFT, much like we saw Friends with Benefits do over at NFT NYC. Friends with Benefits, yeah. Um, And brands building their core 10,000 customer base over the next 36 months and onboarding them into crypto and changing their lives and building loyalty that way. Um, And then the, the role of the marketer becomes, okay, how do we... How do we take an email list or a social media channel and turn it into people with with an NFT in their wallet? And how do we do it on a chain that isn't going to cost an arm and a leg to mint these NFTs, um, but that is that is satisfactory, satisfactorily decentralized? Um, how do we how do we hire someone that's good at Discord? Because that's a that's a whole nother skill set that not many people yeah. know yet. Um, how do we train the consumer how to even use Discord and all these things? How do we incentivize them mm-hmm, to even mm-hmm. jump in? Uh, and then how do we build out content, both IRL and on the internet, that helps people connect with our brand more fully? And I think the next 36 months, the brands that do that are going to absolutely crush the next bull market. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, have you, did you follow what Suite did with their um, membership cards? No, what's that? It's a pretty good um, parallel to what you just talked about, but this closed like yesterday in, uh, so like, I don't know, the no- November 28th, depends on when this episode goes up. Um, Pool Suite's the people who do um, that like retro radio website where you just like listen to beachy it looks like vibes. An old, it looks like old Macintosh. It looks like uh, Mac Yeah, they 9, recently redid OS it 9. and it's like this like computer interface. It's pretty good. And then they made a sunscreen. It's, it's just one of those companies that does vibey things and has a cult following. And then they made this membership card on Zora. You buy the membership card, gets you access to blah, 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 laundry list of things. Um, but yeah, it feels like they're, they're following that playbook. And while they're not like a web two mega brand, um, it, it definitely seems like the web three entry is very natural for them. I think. Oh yeah. Um, it does seem like they're they're following um, that sort of direction that you discussed, which is it's cool to see. And while I said that kind of like haphazardly and quickly, it's non-trivial to actually do that. Oh, oh it's sure. a lot of work. Oh, it's a oh, huge yeah. pain in the ass. Oh, it's awful. 
<laughs> As someone yeah. who's running a Discord community right now, it sucks. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It takes to- a whole team. You totally, moderators you, and content. Once you do it, you kind of you unlock this new part of your brain that's like, holy shit, this oh, totally. is actually like the future. Um, yeah. And you know, the the whole is more than the sum of its parts, um, which is, you know, the reason people build community in general. Do you guys think Discord is going to remain the thing? Is there is there a chance yes, that Discord Yes, because gets- building real-time communication architecture is apparently the hardest problem in the world. Mm. Um, and the only people who have gotten it right are Discord and Slack and Slack barely. Um, and like maybe Twitter, it's anyone who wants to build a web three discord is going to find themselves building discord first and then adding login with web three. Um, discord can just add that and yeah. you know, whether or not the furries allow them to, um, <laughs> I don't a know, whole other question. but discord will become web three native before any web three native thing can become discord. And this is the same yeah. argument I made for social networks, um, which we're seeing play out in real time, which is like, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, web three social networks fucking suck. They're terrible. <laughs> They're awful. Um, Twitter becoming web three is vastly more like realistic of a scenario. What does it mean for Twitter to become web three? Do an ENS like token distribution to people who have engaged with their platform? Does it mean, yeah, I guess I wasn't thinking so deep of like Twitter, like literally decentralizes itself, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they are working on like technical decentralization of the Twitter platform, but I think that's going to be a very hard problem, especially at scale. Um, what I was talking about was like just Web3 integrations, right? Like they're doing the NFT profile pick thing. Like ideally we have some sort of identity linkage to ENS or whatever, you know, DIDs, uh, verified credentials, whatever it is. I don't really care. Um, it's easier for them to add that feature than for anyone to build Twitter. And I think that that, because that's the path of, of least resistance. That's what'll happen. Just want to reiterate that I wish that we had still had MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. Because that would have been so much better. Speaking of NFT. distressed assets, can I buy MySpace from well, 2006? Yeah, exactly. I want and, a form of DAO to yeah. build, to buy the MySpace code base from 2006 and redeploy it with login with Ethereum. That's it. That's the problem. That's product. it. That's the, yeah. Done. Boom. Ship that it. W- would work. Uh, I think specific <laughs> it media would totally bot, work. a specific media bought those assets to then do better uh, ad targeting on Web2. So I, I think they <laughs> you'd have to make the case that it's more valuable outside more, of more, yeah. yeah, right. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't want all the work they've done on MySpace up until this point because it no. still exists, right? Like you can go to MySpace.com and it does something clearly. Um, I want the I want the snapshot of the code base from 2006, like like old school RuneScape time, 2007. That's what I want. I tend to agree with Matt that uh, Discord has has got a pretty serious competitive advantage. Jonathan, do you have a do you have a different view, or is that kind of your assessment? No, as well? no, gen- genuinely just curious what what you guys think. I and I know, don't think Discord's perfect, right? Like right. it's it's actually pretty horrible. Well, that's sort um, of that's sort of my point. Is <laughs> like I don't actually enjoy I don't actually enjoy using it, and so I was sort of hoping you guys would say no. It's gonna somebody's gonna come along and. And, and eat it yeah. lunch, but it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, the harder. Go ahead. There is a pro a project called Wilder World, which is building like what a, is a five dimensional metaverse, and they've got their own what? token, and they've got just an incredible, uh, incredible like art direction. So it's just visually stunning. Um, and That's they cool. are building yeah. an internal Discord for their platform. So their metaverse, there might be these like metaverse specific Discord esque products. Um, using NFTs as the on-ramp into the metaverse and then, uh, you know, rolling up their own version of Discord. And, I, I, you know, while the world seems like uh, one to keep an eye on if we're trying to bet on alternative Discords. That's really interesting. I hadn't heard of that one. Yeah, yeah what has it. surprised me is how no one has forked Matrix and added, like, Ethereum identity. Um, or, like, like, that has been the most surprising thing to me is that these open-sourced relatively decentralized or distributed chat apps um, have not been forked and made more like Web3, um, more like, you know, interact with the blockchain, the shared state, not just the distributed state. Because um, I feel like that's the, like all of these um, 
social networks just that are distributed are like Mastodon and uh, Matrix, and they all work on this like shared views of shared state, but they don't have a blockchain to actually have shared ownership in between. And I feel like that's a missing piece. Um, and it's actually kind of surprising that no one has done that. Um, but even then, I don't know if it would beat Discord in terms of like adoption. I've got a suggestion for our SEO relevance. What if we quickly throw out the question, when uh, Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson sex tape, just put, oh, a, yeah. put a pin in that. Like if anyone has any thoughts, then we can put that in the, um, the description Great. of the episode. In the description, and this, and maybe also, even the title. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah actually, make people... that, that is the title. Just make it the, <laughs> That's title. the title. Yeah. That's very when? appropriate for, for, yeah. for you. W E N. Yeah. yeah. W-E-N, um, yeah. But yeah, I think Discord will stick around. Um, maybe that's a Lindy thing. but And I don't think that the pivot to Web3 is so fundamental that they would fall prey to the innovator's dilemma. Um, right. Because the core argument at the in- innovator's dilemma is that um, you can't change the thing that's making you successful um, in time to beat the upstarts. Right. Um, but I think that the the change is not so much fundamental as a, not, not when it comes to what discord does. Yeah. Right. Which is right. let people chat with each other in channels and that's pretty much it. So quickly let's, let's, let's get into constitution dad. Cause I, I would like mm-hmm. to talk about it with, with you guys and, and get your takes. Um, you know, Matt and I had a bunch of friends who were, who were very much uh, on the ground involved uh, from the, from the ground up building that, um, I have a bunch of people tokens that are fluctuating wildly. You haven't in value. sold them yet? Oh my god! No, I know. I, I'm, listen, I'm not a DGen. I don't know how to do this. I looked at my wife. Wow. I was like, they they were they were at twenty five thousand dollars last night. They're at seventy thousand dollars now. I feel like I should sell. And she's like, Yeah, you should sell. What on earth? And I'm like, uh, Maybe not. I don't know. And then and then and then of course you know they did what they do, but. I mean, yeah. the joke argument about it is it's the most equitably, equitably distributed reserve stable coin in existence. <laughs> um, and so, like, theoretically, it's a better basis of monetary value than Bitcoin. <laughs> so, but, so, yeah, Maddie, that's just I'm a curious. What, what is your take? What, what, what do you think they did wrong? What do you think they could do better? What, what, how do you feel about Constitution Dow? Sure. So most of my thoughts on what they did wrong are, were articulated by Chamath on the All In podcast last week. Okay. I, I don't know if you listened to that. Um, but they covered Constitution DAO, and Jason Calacantis was all like hype on this idea of DAOs and looser regulation around crowdfunding and, and DAOs being the solution for that. And then Chamath kind of like very soberly talked about how there were a couple flaws with the model. Um, one, they and I'm, I'm going to regurgitate this and probably butcher it, so so go go do your own research. Feel but free, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one, they by by making it open and public, they they let their competition know exactly how much they had to overbid them and in, in, yeah, in order to win. Yeah, the game theory was a little fucked. Yeah, the game theory was a little fucked. Also, um, it wasn't the tokens weren't let's call it equitably distributed based on your entry point into the pool. So like you bought in not knowing what you were, what percentage of the pie you were going to own at the end of the day. And it actually right, right. was advantageous to be later to the game. Um, because you kind you of more knew, information, you had more information, and higher chances of success. Yeah, totally. So tooling for that is going to be necessary in order to see more projects like this succeed. The asset that they went after while like, cool and hype is actually kind of a piece of shit i mean it's like (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's like i mean it's not not a piece i'm a a a proud american it's a meme it's like you know like no savvy art collector um would would do would buy that i i think um if they wanted to actually prove out like a successful dow use case they probably would have bought like a banksy or Mm -hmm. a a rothko or something that like has proven a sports team, something that's proven to like produce revenue and hold value. And the failure of this actually is going to invite more scrutiny and regulation into the DAO space more quickly, I think, um, which doesn't allow for us to like experiment. So while it was this like really cool, massive success, there were also like a couple of lessons learned and 
there is a bit of like uncertainty as to whether or not it's actually beneficial to go out and do these like crazy meme projects right now while critical infrastructure still doesn't exist. Those are my, yeah, those are my, that my, is a, me, a sober, well-rounded take. <laughs> me and Chamath's thoughts. Yeah. Counterpoint. How fucking cool is it? <laughs> yeah, no, those are those are very very um, very holistic uh, interpretations. I think. Um, I think yeah, they were the, surprised, the, right? I think like like that? the main they were surprised. Like the main thing is like I don't think anyone Who's involved they? at the very beginning expected it to 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 blow up the way that it did. Oh, I think they did. did That's they? the only way they would have succeeded. Yeah, well, absolutely. You can set your sights on something and not necessarily, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, I chatted with some core members um, early on as like, you know, trying to get Pleaser involved. And, um, you know, they were, you know, very hesitant, but optimistic. And then that cautious optimism turned into like, yeah, it's going to happen. Now (laughs) we actually need to follow through on like, how do we custody this thing? Where's it going to go? Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So I think that, you know, over time that switched from like, wow, wouldn't it be hilarious? So like, oh shit, we're buying the constitution. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, what I was going to say about that. I, I think the best thing that could come from this is that the core team members actually build a case study and like very honestly talk mm. about how, what tooling they used, where they succeeded, how they failed. And then it's of service to the entire Web3 ecosystem so that more things like that can happen. The problem is that the scammers yeah. will also use that, that playbook. Um, I coincidentally spoke with one of the core team members just before getting on this call and invited them onto our Discord channel to share that exact kind of info with our community because our community is capable of coming up with crazy harebrained schemes yeah we just need to know what the playbook is to actually do it in a non-scammy and like equitable Mm -hmm. way yeah it's a great connection to like um artist collective projects um i really like the idea of like this sort of you're familiar with like what cards against humanity does and and they're sort of like large-scale crowdfund driven projects like i think that that's just really really cool um, I know Shloms is doing something with like Obelisdal and there's a direction there. Is that maybe connected to the most famous artists obelisks? Actually, uh, I just made that connection in my head. Is that is that real? I was wondering, yeah. Shloms Shloms is you. Shloms oh, is right. me. I'm Shloms. Shloms is Sorry. Every, yes. Yeah, everyone is Shloms. I always forget. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We, no, I do Shloms love and I, Shloms and I have said, had some interesting Twitter exchanges if you want to dig in. <laughs> I would like Ooh, to go, how do I that. craft a search that's like, yeah, <laughs> that's really fun. Um, but I do like that model of this like high energy hype crowdfund moment. Because like, here's the thing that most of the Constitution DAO, not most of them, one of the common hates on the Constitution DAO thing was like, Herder, you just pulled $50 million to go buy the Constitution. Um, what if we use that money for like anything else that was good for the world? And I'm like that there's there's like a lesson to be learned here which is that how humans are motivated or something like that and it's like if we were motivated to jokingly pull together 50 million dollars to like save the planet we would have done that and so like there's a lesson learned about like what are people interested in here i don't know it seems callous to say that um but it's just like realistic well that's like a maddie that's like a maddie mo specialty i mean that's that's like a that's your bread and butter is that conversation Clickbaity lifestyle porn, <laughs> tragedy porn, like all those, all those things that like kind of shaped our lizard web 2.0 brains are going to play out in web three. And we're not all of a sudden going to become altruistic because we have the technical means to do so. Yeah. Um, it's going to take leadership. And the other thing that messed up the constitution doubt was like, how about them gas fees? Like 50% yeah. of the money yeah. was just wasted on gas. The real winners were the miners. <laughs> as usual yeah yeah the gas thing is interesting i mean i'm kind of tired of the gas discussion because all of the takes have been like fully heard at this point and it just kind of is what it is it's like literally gas in in, for cars it's Mm -hmm. just like oh yeah let's talk about the gas price again like what are you gonna do not pay it it's just like i get that it's inaccessible i get that it's ludicrous like I get that it's endemic, it's because of this, but it's also like a fundamental constraint of like how the system works mm-hmm. is this like scarce block space. And like, 
that's a more fundamental problem that pointing the finger at any one implementation of a blockchain is like not useful at. And I think calling like a lot of my friends who are not into Web3 will be like, oh my God, the gas prices, this is like hilariously inaccessible. It's exclusionary. It's like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but that's not a a moral, like no, nobody using Ethereum is doing it like because they hate people who can't pay that much to like do the DeFi business, right? Like it's not, it's not useful to look at this problem as like a moral thing. It's, it's a very technical problem to me. Um, but anyway, yeah, the gas fields, the, the gas fees sucked. So let's, let's just scrub that from the episode and then put, and then add, um, uh, most famous artist talks about how to save the world with NFTs. That was, yeah. we, yes, we, put we that talk, in there. We talked yeah, about absolutely. that, um, <laughs> the artification of route 66 into the American cultural highway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The flaws with the Constitution DAO, like we're looking for all the bullet points that are going to get listenership. Oh, you know, the Constitution DAO should. Um, I, th- I thank you for doing this uh, this uh, annotation work for me. This is usually my job to create the description, but I'm really glad to not have to do it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, um, it's done for you. The Constitution DAOs, uh, what's it called? Not prospectus, but uh, learning. Uh, should just be called, you know, amending the Constitution down, or like what we would have changed, or Amendments. something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was just yeah. Okay, Dad. Um. And don't forget, <laughs> don't forget the Kim Kardashian, uh, Pete Davidson sex tape. That's uh. Oh dropping. yeah, that one's going right up on top. Oh no, oh, that's and, the that's the title. That's the title. And rest in peace, Virgil Abloh. Uh, we just have to say that. Uh. That's it's true. It's true. We have to we have to tweet about how we met him once, and we're very inspired. <laughs> and um, his passing will, you know, mostly be remembered by me specifically. Yeah. Did you, uh, Did you see my God, Instagram post on? Did you see my Instagram post no. on the most famous artist, which was in quotes on a black background picture of me and Virgil, and then the text <laughs> was in quotes. Uh, inspirational comment about how he inspired my work and, aff- and affected my work, da 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 da. And people did not like it. No. <laughs> well, yeah, no yeah. one's gonna like it when they're called out like that. But that's literally what happened on the internet. It was, you know, I mean, I get that this is like an honest feeling that people have, but like, damn, everyone had that same feeling, huh? There are people that like they were like, I met you in a lobby one time, and you changed my life by looking at me, and like here's a photo of you that I have on my desktop. It's like, dude, we like the guy. He was a creative genius. Sad to see him passing, but our lizard brains from social media 2.0 is going to be a challenge to overcome in Web3. And I guess that's the the big takeaway from that's me. That's a good takeaway. Yeah, the the fundamental human problem. Not that we're a problem, but like, hasn't really been solved. Yeah, no. all car of those crash. problems are going to car, rhyme car, with the past. Rubbernecking, rubbernecking car crashes. Maddie, uh, where can people follow you? Where do, is it? Just the most famous artist on Twitter? Is that? No, that's too long of a name. Um, for Yo, Twitter. I have that problem too. That's why yeah. I'm number one of the many mats. Shit sucks. Yeah. Um, Maybe if so, they go Web three and go ENS, they'll let me have a username of any length. So I did this project where I became like a yogi, uh, like a woke yogi for a little while. Oh, no. And so I have, I have an Instagram, I have an Instagram and a Twitter called more woke, um, just to kind of point out the wokeness hypocrisy, um, and, and kind of like turn a mirror on the woke mob. Um, so yeah. more woke is my Twitter. Um, no way. Place to okay, find here me. you are more woke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, the most famous artists is where you'll find like my NFTs and my mural projects and my headlines and all that stuff. And you'll find access to the TMFA community discord. Um, that's where it's happening. If you're an artist out there or a collector or just interested in meeting cool, interesting artists that aren't just like just NFT artists, that's a cool place to go check it out. Um, if you drop into the channel and ask for tokens, I'll airdrop you some tokens. No problem. So you get access to the gated stuff. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, that's, I, thank you for having me. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you. My Very song fun. today is called too many discords. Uh, and it's about how highly I accurate, like how I'm a part of too many discords. You, and I can't. you know, I tweeted that like a week ago. Oh yeah, you should. Well, you should listen to the song. It's it's uh, too many dis- too many discords. Is 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 the way I'm feeling. 
I put all my discords and put them all in a group or something like that. I tweeted that the other day. I have like 35 discords and it's the worst thing in the world, but I can't leave them for some reason. Well, this is the thing is I think you have to periodically call the ones that you don't find yourself going to every day or something. I don't know what the, I don't know. It's a new rubric. You you always have to find your way. But I can't leave the amulet crafters discord, even though no one said anything for a month and a half. I'm not going to leave it. You know, what if someone says something? While this I've is got, the song. You're, you're while, quoting the song. While I've got the, the mic, I'm going to add a couple more disc chords for people to follow because just in advance okay. of you playing the song. So check yeah. out wow. uh, uh, Fucking Rug. Oh, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Or, or uh, no, Rug.tech. I think that they're amazing and doing really innovative stuff and mostly slept on. I actually got a rug punk that's turned into an actual rug that's going to be coming to my house. I got to dox That's myself cool. in exchange for a rug. Um, nice. I love physical items. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, the blank project or the blank dot foundation. I don't know okay. what it is, but I discovered it and they're, they're using discord in a really interesting way. And if you get in early, they've got kind of an interesting voting mechanism to allow people to free to mint, uh, participate in their project. Um, and then Shlomes. Blank obviously. dot foundation. Oh, Shlomes, Shlomes have a course. Discord? I don't think Shlomes. Uh, Sorry, do has, I have a Discord? Uh, <laughs> has, I do um, have a Discord. It's one of the many uh, discords.com. <laughs> Shlomes has the, uh, what do you call it? It's a loot Discord. It's part of a loot, the Divine Dow Discord. Oh, is, right. Yeah, of course. That's like Shlomes-y. Divine Dow stuff. It is yeah. very Shlomesy, though. Everyone's got the, the hooded uh, Divine Dow figures. It's quite good. I'm joining another Discord. I'm joining the blank Discord. The join or I'm joining again. <laughs> no more Discords. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SongDayMan. You can find Matt at one of the many Matts. Thank you so much again to Maddie Moe, the most famous artist, for coming. This was a blast. Um, and uh, go check out his stuff on his website. And now... Matt, I will take, take us, us out. out. Without any prompting, I'll do it. I swear to God, I'll do it. Get nifty, everybody. Get nifty. Get and nifty. And instead of playing the Get Nifty song, I'm going to play the Too Many Discords song. Better that Too that's, Many that's Discords. Get yeah, nifty. <laughs> too many Discords. Too many Discords. Too many. Discord servers. Too many. Discord servers. Too many. Discord servers. Too many. Discord servers, too many. And you may say to yourself, servers.